Has any nation ever traded its gods for new ones, even though they are not gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious god for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay. Welcome to Things I Preach to Myself About Podcast. I am your host, Rich Vangen, and today's episode... God's view of man living between two worlds. The old saying says that a broken clock is always right twice a day, and it has some truth to it, yet still doesn't make that clock worthy for use. When things break down, when they cease to function properly, there are essentially two options that are available, fix it or throw it away. And without it being fixed, a broken item really has little to no value. Under the grace and mercy of God, who we can rightfully praise and thank, we broken people here on earth have the opportunity to be fixed or restored to newness through the shed blood of Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible has a lot to say regarding things that are broken. From the accounts recorded in the Old Testament about the early Jewish people, all the way to the accounts recorded in my heart and soul and life. God displays his glory by and through the works he does to rescue the broken, repair the damaged, and restore the functionality of the lost. I have spoken many times before about how much our current lives mirror those of the Israelites in the scriptures. How God has set apart a peoples through whom his revelation and power would be displayed to the whole earth. How little old me would eventually hear about the God of the Bible through the ongoing story displayed in nature and history. And how we, like the Israelites, continually mess up the instructions of the Lord, even though we have his truth spelled out right in front of us. You see, the people of the Old Testament saw and heard the instructions of God through the prophets and miraculous displays. We today have the complete testimony of God through his word, the Holy Bible, illuminated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And neither party can ever say, we didn't know, when breaking the commandments of God. And yet here we are, breaking the rules time and time again. Like the broken clock, Being right twice a day does not meet God's criteria. And like the broken clock, we broken creatures can be dealt with in two different ways, fixed or tossed. Now, as mentioned before, though, we should be praising God for his mercies in that he does give us the option to be fixed, to be repaired or restored so that we can glorify God and enjoy him forever. God showed his amazing grace constantly for the people of Israel, and he still does this today for us through his gift of salvation, Jesus. Though we may have all had periods of corrective actions placed on us to teach us lessons about our disobedience, these punishments are always for our good. God used other countries to teach the Israelites correction for their sins, and we have the Holy Spirit convicting us of sins as well as the consequences of our actions. And the Holy Word of God also exhorts and teaches us today because all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, as it says in 2 Timothy 3.16. 
One such example of God's merciful grace is shown in Ezekiel chapter 36. And beginning at verse 17, God expresses his wrath on the people because they defiled the very land that he had given Israel. They corrupted the land because of their habitual problem with idolatry. If you'll remember back to the laws or the Ten Commandments, God expressly told the people that he alone is Yahweh God and that you shall have no other gods beside me. He also exclaimed that they're not to have any idols, things like carved images or likenesses of anything, and to bow down and serve them. God says, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Essentially, very clear instructions. And yet they continually worshipped other things first, and thus God punished them, time and time again. In verses 19 through 21, God even points out that other nations were shocked by the habits of the Israelites. God says, I scattered them among the nations, and they were dispersed through the countries. In accordance with their ways and their deeds, I judged them. But when they came to other nations, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name, in that the people said of them, These are the people of the Lord, and yet they had to go out of his land. Then God says, But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they came. Even though the Israelites desecrated God's name, God would still continue to do amazing things to restore his honor. That is mercy. And what about the people of God today? Those who claim themselves followers of Jesus the Messiah and declare their worship of the God of the Bible? Well, like the people of yesteryear, we continually have very similar failings before God. We have our idols that we put before our worship of God. We have our agendas that take personal priority over God's agenda. We are hypocrites at the highest level when we claim to be Christians who worship God, yet live our lives in the same manner as the unbelievers around us. Even the unbelieving pagans point their fingers to the Christians and say, yeah, they're no different than us in our thoughts, words, or deeds. That's a sad testimony, folks. Yet, God will continue to declare himself and will restore his honor. As he says in Ezekiel 36, And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God. So it's very clear to see that God's people before, as well as his people today, spend much of their time and energy doing things for their own glory and praise. God says that the failures of men are for two main reasons, forsaking him and doing their own thing. Humanity has such a drive to be industrious and self-sustaining, but yet fueled by selfish pride, even since their youth, and they want to do everything their own way. We have this insatiable desire to prove ourselves as being better, to make a name for ourselves, and seeking to gain the approval of others so that we can fit in and heap glory on ourselves. And yet the Bible speaks clearly that all glory is to be given to God. <laughs> Conflict. One thing that is repeatedly shown within the covers of the Holy Scriptures is that God's will shall be done. We can kick and scream, demand and pout, or even 
turn our backs and ignore them. But in the end, God's way will always come to fruition. God has patiently time and time again reached out to the people and offered them a way of blessedness and peace with himself. In the span of time between the Israelites and ourselves today, we find that there's a central core of scripture, the gospel, that God gave the ultimate gift to remedy our broken relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's through Jesus that God promises us the living waters we need. God said that he is the fountain of living waters. And Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. He said, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life, John 4.10. Jesus also proclaimed, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, John chapter 7, verse 38. You see, these wonderful promises are truly a blessing that should give all who read and believe in them a hope of eternal life. Yet the words will mean nothing if our spiritual thirst is kept in containers that are broken and cracked and leaking all the time because we're trying to do things our way by ourselves. It's the same type of issue that is described by putting new wine into old wineskins. In other words, we must become new in order for the living waters to exist within. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Our old nature cannot coexist with the new. We must let God transform us through the renewing of our mind. Joshua chapter 24, verse 23 commands us to do away with the foreign gods which are in your midst and incline your hearts to the Lord. In other words, put away all the idols that control our lives and surrender to Christ Jesus completely so that we can be sustained by those living waters. We are to remember God, not forsake him, in all things, and submit to his commands and walk in his ways. But you see, if the broken vessel doesn't want to be fixed, the only other option is for it to be tossed out, since it's going to be of no value to the kingdom of God. Yes, that sounds harsh, but if people continue to turn aside from God and follow their own ways, to rely on their own strength, reject God and his righteousness, then God's going to have no choice but to Give them over to their desires. They will fall with their created false gods and be cast out for eternity. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 28 says, But where are your gods that you made for yourself? Let them arise, if they can save you, in your time of trouble. You see, these people will be cast out for their ungodliness because they chose to worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. Since the beginning of time, Man has pushed to be his own God, to elevate himself above the heavens. His arrogance demands that he be worshipped and that he should be able to have his best life now. He sets himself before others and puts his faith in man-made idols to worship as accomplishments and rewards. Matthew Henry perfectly describes our plight and shortcomings before God when he comments, To forsake this fountain is the first evil. 
This is done when the people of God neglect his word and ordinances. They hewed them out broken cisterns that could hold no water. Such are the world and the things in it. Such are the inventions of men when followed and depended on. Let us, with purpose of heart, cleave to the Lord only. Where else shall we go? How prone are we to forego the consolations of the Holy Spirit for the worthless joys of the enthusiast and hypocrite? Folks, why return to the past and become slaves again to the sin that God has already freed us from through his Son, Jesus? Why strive after vain emptiness and worthless temporal things when we can have treasures stored up in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy? We were broken once, destined for destruction, but God saw value within us. His very own creation, the children that he loves, the ones who were trapped in the snare of sin in this world. And he has always been there, providing a way of escape and salvation. Despite how man has treated God, God has always called for his children to return home. We can see how God worked diligently in the lives of the wayward Israelites of the Old Testament, continually drawing them back to himself, even when they turned away from him and chased after idols. We also see how he has worked in our own prodigal lives, always calling us back to himself, even when we've strayed from his presence and placed our trust in the things of man. Yet he is loving, forgiving, and patient beyond measure. And before God punishes sinners, he pleads with them to bring them unto repentance. If we repent, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Between our old nature and the enemies of God, they want us to take our eyes off of God and place them on man and the idols that man creates, to replace the creator for the creature. But we must stand firm on the truth of God's word, which is our sword, and maintain our faith in it, which is our shield. The consequences of our choices have ramifications that will last for eternity. And since God has provided the ultimate repair for our brokenness through Christ Jesus, let us keep our eyes on him and drink deep of the living waters that he gives to us freely. Amen. This has been Things I Preach to Myself About Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Rich Vangan, and I thank you for taking the time to listen, and I pray and hope that we can stand firm, not forsaking God, but standing firm on his truth, drinking deep of his living waters. May we glorify God and enjoy him forever. <laughs>